0: Hey, uh, we we've got a fairly mixed crowd in the room today. Uh, matter of fact, there are people in this room who this is your first time uh, being here, being part of a service in this place, and it, it's just unusual for you. Some of you it may maybe first time you've ever been in church before and today's uh, that day, and then we've got people in the room and go, "No, nah, man, this is this is old hat. I mean, I I, I grew up." In church all my life and still others who'd say this is my home church this is where I go to church and so we just thought today maybe we would do something just a little different a little different than the typical traditional uh, message uh, that we might do other Sundays today we thought we what if we just took kind of a spiritual self-assessment what, what if what if I just simply spent this morning kind of describing potentially where you and I could be in a spiritual journey and, and, if, and if you and I, in the process of that, just kind of self-assessed and said, you know, I, I, I think that's where I am. I think that's where I would land. No pressure. No, you decide, where am I at in, in this journey on the deal? And then, you know, logically out of that, a question's going to be, is, is that the right place? Is that where you want to be? And again, you decide. You figure that out. Uh, for yourself. So we just thought we would do that. So it's going to be interesting, I think, for us to sit down. I'll describe to you uh, some different stages where you possibly might be as you listen. Uh, You know, you can go, that's me. He just just now talked about where I am and what's going on and what I'm thinking uh, in my life. There are some of us uh, in the room, uh, who would be what we call pre-Jesus. You're, you're pre-Jesus, and you know you're pre-Jesus. There, there's no doubt in your mind. You, you just say, look, I, I, I don't think I'm even near the cross. I don't think I'm even near making a decision in my life to be a Christian. Just got to say that out loud, you know. I, I, it, just, it just doesn't add up for me. It just doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm just not ready for something that spiritual in my life. And you'd say, I, there, there's definitely some distance between me and that. Some of us would say, well, you know, it was that sophomore biology class, and I don't remember everything the teacher said, but it was something about evolution and facts and something else and that creation doesn't line up, and it, it just feels like it would be highly unintellectual of me to actually be on a faith, journey, and I, I, I'm just, I just can't get there. Some of us would say, man, Lynn, if, if you knew what I've experienced in life, if you knew the pain that I've had, if, what it was like to be raised in my home, some of us would say, Lynn, if, if, if you could have experienced a spouse leaving like I've experienced, or a death in the, just unfairness. And I'm just I'm just thinking, look, if if this is the byproduct of a good God, <laughs> I'm just not ready for this. Some of us would just say, look, I, I'm not ready to be a Christian because I met one once. Others still would probably say, Lynn, I, I'm just not ready because I'm okay. I mean, I'm I'm going along, I'm doing life, and I, I, I'm okay. So why why? Why worry about this other stuff until you need it? See, here's what I get. I get that until you get to a point in your life where you realize that you need a Savior, that you need God in your life, that God looks pretty intrusive, that that he looks like if if you were ever to kind of begin that faith journey, if you ever open your life up to God, if you ever to say, okay, let's, you know, it, it just looks like he would mess stuff up that he somehow would intrude in, and I get it. I get it. Until you come to a point where you go, look, I I think I need a rescue. I think I need a Savior. Saviors look like they're intruding. I've got a friend who lives in Atlanta, and talked about one day he was uh, sitting at a stoplight in downtown, and right across from him was a lady driving a small red sports car, going the other way, waiting for the same light. And as he was sitting there waiting for the light to change, he happened to notice that underneath her car was something bright kind of falling down to the pavement. And as he looked a little bit closer, he realized it was flames, that something in her engine compartment was melting and on fire, or gas was dripping, and it was on something was on fire, and it was coming out from under her car hitting the pavement he looked up to see if she noted and she's completely she's just waiting for the light a few moments later whatever it is has pooled enough now and now it flashes and her entire engine compartment is on fire here's the thing there's no smoke yet and she's completely oblivious a pedestrian, who's standing off to the side, who has pushed the walk button and is waiting, sees all this happening. And now he begins to run toward her car. And he's screaming, hey, you're on fire! She, seeing the madman running toward her, begins rolling up in the door. That's what you do. I mean, she's pretty sure this is like a car abduction happening. Matter of fact, she's so terrified, she drops her sports car into gear, starts into the intersection, even though the light's still red. Doesn't care, I'm getting away from the madman. Car stalls out, and now the flames burst out from under her hood. It's interesting. Her whole perspective on the crazy man running at her changed when she saw the flames. All of a sudden, the crazy man looked a little bit more like a hero. And she was unlocking doors and rolling down windows. I get it. I, I get, I get that, if, that if you don't see any smoke yet in your life, I get, I get that, if, that, that if you think you're okay right now, that a Savior looks like a madman, like a very intrusive person running toward you. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm just going to ask you to consider today. If if you say, look, Lynn, that's me. I'm pre-Jesus, and I know I'm pre-Jesus, and I know I got it." Do me a favor. Check for smoke. Just check for smoke. Because I'm just just going to tell you, there's going to come a moment in your life, there's going to come a point in your life when that God who just made no sense, when just looked like a crazy, crazy, crazy idea, is going to be the best thing in your life. I know some of you in here are going, no, you see, I get, I get a... Saviors are for when things fall apart. It's, it's, it's kind of that parachute for weak people. And yeah, that's what I always thought. Really? If your car's on fire, is it weak to get out? Or is it smart to get out? And I, I'm just asking today, is it possible what's coming out from under your hood is a little bit of smoke. It'll change your whole opinion about saviors. There are some of us here today who'd be right here. Man, you 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 are you are right in the shadow of the cross See, here. You're pre-Jesus. You just don't know it. See, what's happened is you've become religious enough, so you've been, you've been close enough to Jesus maybe for your entire life that you're still pre-Jesus, and you don't even know you're pre-Jesus. So you've, you've been raised in church, or you grew up in a Christian family, and the truth is, somehow you've kind of decided that if, if, if I've been religious enough, if I've been close enough, if I've said Jesus enough times, if I've prayed enough times, then maybe I really am a Christian. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, this is the most terrifying. Because, see, the reality is someone who's pre-Jesus and knows they're pre-Jesus, they know they've got a decision to make. This is the scariest place you could possibly be because you think you're a Christian and you aren't yet. You just behave a lot like one. See, so here, here, here's what a person who's pre-Jesus but hasn't found Jesus, to probably say something like, no, 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 I've been a Christian all my life. No, 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 no. I've always loved God. Man, I I pray all the time. How many religious things do you have to do to be a Christian? How many times do you have to walk into a garage before you turn into a car? And you just need to hear. There there aren't enough times that you can walk into a church. There aren't enough times that you can be baptized. There aren't enough times you can pray that make you a Christian. There aren't. And there are some of us in this room who have behaved like we love God. You think God's a, and you don't even, you haven't even become a Christian yet. Here's, here's what Scripture would say about this. The deep within every one of us, there are dark things. There are moments we lived in a way we shouldn't have lived. There's times we said what we shouldn't have said. We did what we shouldn't have done. And here's the deal. You ready for this? And behaving like a Christian, being a good person, can't fix the darkness that's inside. It can't. It doesn't balance out, it doesn't paint it over, it can't. Let's just imagine for a second, imagine, imagine this morning on your way to church, uh, you and your spouse got in a fight, and you got in a fight about something, you know, really, really uh, critical. Um, something like, you forgot to wake me up on time. Or you put too much pepper on the eggs. You know, something, something that really mattered. And, and so you had a family discussion that got out of hand. And in the process, it escalated and it got further and it got farther. And, and somewhere in the midst of it, you said out loud, that which just desperately wounded, that which went to the very core of your spouse, to the very heart of your spouse, and dashed. And he did that because, he, you know them better than anybody else knows them. And you knew exactly what you had to say, and you said it. And so as you walked in that back door just a few minutes ago, the person with you was aching. And let's just say that somewhere in here you went, oh, man, I, you know, I, I feel a little bit bad about that, so I think I'll be more religious today. So when we sang a few minutes ago, you sang a little bit louder. And when the offering plate came, you gave the five extra bucks. Here's what you know. It didn't fix it, did it? It didn't. Because, guys, being religious and being good has never fixed the things that are dark and broken in us. It can't. You can't be baptized enough times. You can't go to church enough times. You can't pray enough times. You can't. The Bible would simply say this, look, the only way you get that fixed is by going through the cross, by finding a Savior and allowing Him to fix that which is broken and wounded and hurt and dark within us, that which the Bible would call sin. It's the only thing that fixes it. Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles uh, this morning, grab them real quick with me if you would, and go with me to the book of John. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the very back of your Bible and then work to the left, you'll find the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's John chapter 1, verse 12. Here's here's what it says. Yet to all who received him. This isn't something that wears off on you. This isn't something you get after you attend so many times. There had to be a decision made. I need a Savior. I need him. To all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking how long you've liked God. I'm not asking how often you've gone to church. I'm not asking how you were raised. Have you ever made a decision to go through the cross and by faith, Ask Jesus to be your savior. Have you ever crossed that bridge on your own? The scariest place to be is pre-Jesus and not know you're pre-Jesus. And I'm just asking if, if there's part of you that says, that might be me. Why would you or I ever leave that undone? Why, why wouldn't we get that fixed in our lives? You get to the other side, and you get over here, and you go, okay, it's done. Okay, I mean, you know, I, I made the decision. I'm a Christian now. It's done. Well, not, not really, because there's different types of Christians. There's different types of Christ followers. And, and one type is the self-centered believer. The, the believer who basically says, this is... This is This is about me. As a matter of fact, one of the ways that you would identify this, one of the ways you would know if you fell in this category is simply this. You'd say, there's there's more of me in me than there is Jesus in me." me. Let me say that again. There's more of me in me than there is Jesus in me. This is confusing, here's why because many of us don't think that we are self-centered believers we think we're christ-centered believers and we're not here's how because chances are if you're a self-centered believer you're living your life in boxes see here's what you're doing you're saying look 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 I get that I'm not there yet. I get that I've still got stuff to do and stuff to decide. So here's what's been going on. I've been giving God my life a piece at a time, a box at a time. Because, look, man, Man, you you don't even want to know how I used to date and the types of people I used to date. And then I got convicted about that. I mean, I knew that that wasn't the right thing for me to be doing. So here's what I did. I took my dating life, and I gave that to God. And, and, then, and then there came my finances. And look, I mean, this was, Lynn, I can't even tell you, this was terrifying. And I mean, this was, I, I didn't even know if I would ever get to where I was obedient with this. But I, I finally just said, look, okay, God, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And I began to tithe, and I, I gave God my finances. Some of us would say, Lynn, I, you don't even want to know how long I struggled with pride. And I mean, I think, I think I was born proud out of the womb. And this has been a lifelong journey. For, and, man, I, I have just surrendered this over the Lord. I mean, I have slain pride in my life. And I, I've given that to Christ. Some of to say, that person a person who wounded me and hurt me so deeply, and I heard a sermon a couple of months ago about forgiving, and Lynn, I, I gotta tell you, the hardest thing I've ever done was to pray and say, God, forgive them, because they've never asked, but I knew it was what Jesus wanted me to do, and I forgave. And here's what we would do. We would say, so Lynn, look, 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 look how many boxes on the Jesus side. I mean, I, not very many boxes left on. Look how many boxes left on the So here's the deal, then there's more of Christ in me than there is me in me, right? Wrong. Wrong. And here's what we're missing. For every single Christian who's living their Christian life right now in boxes, you've got a throne issue. Here's what we've done. You and I have placed ourselves on the throne of our lives. And in this moment, here's what we're doing. We're saying, oh, okay, God, I'll let you have that box. I'll decide to trust you with that issue. But that one? No. And in that moment, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's in charge? In that moment, when I get to say, God, you can do those three or four things, but you can't touch this because I don't think you're dependable yet. I don't think you're trustworthy yet. I don't think I can let you mess with that yet. Who's king of your life? And who's the servant? Because let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Every one of us who's tried to ever live our life in boxes, there comes the moment when God blows it, right? Right? This is the young lady who goes, really? Really? I trust you with my dating life, and you bring me three losers in a row? Dude, here, God, here's what we're going to do. I'll go find the right guy. I'll go find a good guy, okay? Because clearly I can't trust you with this yet. And after I find him, I'll let you fix him. This is every one of us who ever said, okay, okay, God, God, look, I'll trust you with my finances, and then we got laid off. And We're going, oh, no, 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 no. That's not, no, 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 God, no, no. That's not how this works. See, if I trust you with my finances, then, then you were supposed to bless me, and I was supposed to have extra money at the end of the month, and I was supposed to get that new car. I mean, this isn't how it works if I trust you with my, laid off. So I'll fix this, because apparently, Math is a little beyond you, God. I'll fix this, and then, you ready? Once I get it stable again, we'll talk about whether or not I can trust you again. And isn't it true that every one of us that has tried to live our Christian life in boxes has tried to manage our God has spent our entire life shuffling back and forth what we think we can trust with him and what he just failed us in. See, the reality is, you and I are still in control of all the boxes. We're just loaning them to God. It's why, you ready for this? you're a Christian who's living in boxes and you think you are a Christ-centered Christian, you're not. You're a self-centered Christian. There's a, there's a last category. and We built kind of an altar here, kind of Old Testament stuff, you know, where they would take the animal and they would slay it on the altar. Because here's the reality. If you and I are ever going to be a Christ-centered Christian... It requires a death. Someone's going to die to get to here. It's going to be a moment in which you and I say, God, look, all my plans, all my control, all my ambitions... Anybody wanna guess what the most important box is? The last box. The one that you and I thought we were gonna wait till we were 89 and on a respirator. And just before we died, we're gonna go, okay, God, you can have my dating life now. <laughs> okay. You can, you can have my finances now. See, the last box is the most important box. Because the last box is when you and I die to ourselves and He becomes Lord. Matter of fact, if you've got your Bibles, grab them real quick. Go with me to Galatians, Galatians chapter 2. If you're not real familiar, again, go to the back of your Bible work to the left. Here's what it says. This is Paul trying to describe what this moment was in his life. What it took to be a truly Christ-centered Christian and not a Christian loaning boxes to God. Here's what he says. I have been crucified with Christ. Paul, what what are you talking about? You weren't even a believer when Christ hung on the cross. You lived... 40, 50 years after Jesus died on the What are you talking about? He says, no, no, no. As a Christian, I found myself going to a cross. And nailing on that cross all of my selfish ambition, all of my control, I put my boxes on that cross. There was a death in the family. I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's there's an interesting story. I won't make you turn there. It's It's over in the book of Luke. Because here's what every one of us is going to figure out. The most important box to the heart of God is the last box. The last box. And as long as you and I continue to be Christians who live our lives in boxes, we will spend our lives wrestling with God Over that box. Here's the story of a young man who came to Jesus. It's Luke chapter 18. You don't have to go there. Let me me just read this story to you. Here it is. A certain ruler asked him, talking to Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother. Watch this response. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. Get the moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Gave you my tithe, gave you my relationships, gave you my time. Jesus, I've got all these boxes on your side. Look what Jesus says next. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, then, come follow me. Wait, wait, wait. That's weird. I mean, what? What's Jesus doing in that moment? Why, why is he telling this guy, go sell everything you have and come follow me? Last box. See, for that young man, the last thing he was ever going to give to God is money. Last box. And here's, here's, Jesus will always point to the last box. He always will. Because here's what he you knows. Until he has the last box, he's not Lord yet. And there are some of us in the room who thought there was more of Christ in us than there was us in us, but we've been living this whole time with boxes, and we've been the one in charge and we haven't even been close. So here's the deal. Where did I land today? Where where did you land today? And is it where you wanna be? And is it possible that some of us would like to change? So here's what I'm gonna ask. Some of us, some of us are over here and you're pre-Jesus and you know it. Some of, some of you are over here and, and you're in the shadow of the cross, but you honestly, you couldn't say when there was ever a time that you actually decided to have a savior, that you walked by faith over a bridge of decision. You realize you could fix that today? You realize that all that, that, all that is is a prayer away it could be done. So here's what I'm going to do, look, no pressure, just if that makes sense, then you could simply pray a prayer this morning, and you could move. So here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads, and I'm just going to lead you in a prayer right now, and if that's you, and you say, look, I'm pre-Jesus, I just don't want to be pre-Jesus anymore. I want to make a decision to have a Savior, in my life. I want to go through the cross. I don't want to just sit at the cross. I, I think maybe I've been really, really religious, but I don't know that I've ever actually decided to be a Christian. And I just don't want to leave this place and not know that today. Then you could pray this prayer. I'll pray it. You pray it quietly where you're at. Dear Lord Jesus, I, I, just, I, I just have to be honest. I don't, I don't know for sure I mean, I love you and I've prayed to you a whole bunch and I just don't remember a time. I don't know beyond a shadow that I've decided to let you be my Savior and to ask you into my heart to take care of what I can't take care of myself, to fix the darkness and the sin of my life. I'm just deciding today. I don't want to leave here and have that undone and not know that for sure. So would you today, come into my heart. Would you be my Savior? I am deciding to cross that bridge in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, there, there are some of us in the room, and you, you may have walked in this room as a Christian and said, you know, I, I, I think I'm a fairly devoted follower of Christ and you realized this morning, said I said, man, I, I am so living in boxes. I mean, I, I could tell you the box. I, I could tell you that one thing that I've wrestled with God and just said, look, not yet, I don't even know when. I haven't died to myself. You realize you and God are going to struggle over that last box <laughs> till it finds its way to an altar, and until there's a death, until you can say to Him, "Look, I'm just going to die to all my plans, and I'm I'm going to." And you could do that today. Whatever that box. Some of us it's lust, and some of us it may be a boyfriend that we're living with and we haven't gotten married yet and some of us, it may be someone we've just failed to free. I don't know what your last box is. You do. You do. And Jesus does. And what would it mean this morning if you and I simply put the last box on? Made him Lord of all the boxes. It's a prayer. So I'm just going to give us another chance right now just to bow our heads and for Christians to pray that prayer and say, God, I'm coming with my boxes, especially the last box, and I'm going to make you Lord today. Dear Lord Jesus, some of us in this room have been in a lifelong wrestling match with you. We we thought we were doing good because we were giving you permission to have parts of our life while we reserved boxes for ourselves. Relationships, and areas of lust. And we just said, Look, God, that's the last box you'll get. And we're done arguing and we're done fighting today. And we're, we're bringing all our boxes. And, and we're going to die. We're going to die to our plans and we're going to die to. Because we're putting every box, especially the last box on the altar today. Be Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Here's here's what I'm going to ask us to consider doing. It's way out of the box. It's way different than what we normally do around here, but here's what I'm afraid of, that you and I could have just prayed together. We're going to get up, walk out of here, and we're going to forget. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to ask that if you were here a few moments ago and, and you prayed and, and you said, look, I'm making a decision to have a Savior. I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something just crazy courageous. I'm going to ask you then just a few moments when these guys start playing to get up out of your seat, walk over to the rail over there, walk up the ramp and walk across. Just publicly in front of hundreds of people to say, I am making a decision today to be a Christian and to have a savior in my life. I I just want to be sure I've got this done in my life and to walk the other side. And when you do that, right at that door right there, Bob, you there or are you hiding? Bob. All right, so the guy right there in the white shirt, really handsome guy, my brother-in-law, uh, Bob is right there. And if you make that decision today, you come, you walk across, say, I just want to be sure, I want to make sure I got this done. You go over to Bob. He's going to grab you for like two minutes. And they're going to make sure you know what's next. Okay? Shum, go to Bob. There's some Christians in this room. And you just took care of the last box. I'm going to ask you to be brave. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat, walk over to a ramp, and on your way, you ready? You're going to stop at a table. We've got tables in the front. i got a table over there by the ramp. Grab a piece of paper and I want you to write on that piece of paper what was in the last box. Don't put your name on it. No one's ever going to know. Just write pride. Lust read. Uh, whatever that last box was. I'm going to ask you to walk up a ramp and once you get up on the platform, you're not going to go across the bridge. You're already a Christian. I'm going to ask you to walk in front instead. And I'm going to ask you to walk over to an altar and drop whatever that last box was in the altar. Here's why. If you and I will walk across the stage in front of hundreds of people you'll never forget you'll never forget the day you decided to be a Christian you'll never forget the day you gave your entire life and made Jesus Lord we'll put a line in the sand together today so I'm just going to ask let me pray real quick and we'll see what God does dear Lord Jesus I simply come before you this morning I'm going to ask you that you would fill your people with courage, that they would say, look, this is too big a decision. This is too important. I'm going to walk across. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to declare out loud in front of anybody who wants to see, I've made a decision for Christ. This is my line in the sand. And God, for all those people right now whose hearts are pounding out of their chest and they just don't know fill them with courage make this the day and this we pray in Jesus name